everybody. Welcome to the Change Your Thinking, Change Your Life podcast. My name is Michelle Burkhardt and I'm your host. First of all, before we start, today in the United States is Veterans Day. So this is the day that we honor all veterans who have served. So if you are a veteran or you know of a veteran, um, I, I just send out all of my thoughts and my love to you today, thinking about you. Uh, I Honestly, one day isn't enough. So thank you so much for your service. I really appreciate it. So in today's episode, we're talking about true compassion is self-compassion. So we're going to break down a couple, couple ideas. Uh, and this directly comes from some questions that I've been receiving uh, from people who are in leadership positions, who are dealing with staff who are in real stressful situations. So um, I found it very interesting, had several questions through email about um, the difference between sympathy, empathy, and compassion. So we're going to break down those, tell you what each one of those are. Uh, I'm going to introduce you to this idea um, that a mentor has shared with me. Uh, We're going to talk about basically the process of thinking. Okay, there's a six step process for thinking. Uh, and it's probably different than what you have been told. I'm going to use lots of examples. You're probably going to want to take notes on the six steps. Uh, and I'm going to encourage you really to, to take this to the next level and think about, you know, how are you going to apply this in your own life? Because it's not only about the people that you're serving, but it's about having self-compassion, right? So taking it beyond just self-care and self-love, but to self-compassion, which is just one notch above those. Okay. All right, enjoy. All right, so true compassion begins with self-compassion. So what is compassion? Think about that for a few, few seconds. Is compassion empathy? Sympathy, service, and can you show compassion for anyone, anywhere, even if you haven't been in their situation? Okay, so let's break that down a little bit. Because I have a sneaky suspicion that if I were with you, you'd probably say yes and no. Okay, so let's talk about sympathy. Okay, so sympathy is the notion that you can basically feel bad for somebody, but you've never really been put in their shoes. You, you might want to do something, but you, you know, you can, you know, I'll send you my thoughts, right? Um, or, or some small action, right? I can have sympathy for you. So for example, you know, maybe you hear somebody on social media had, you know, was diagnosed with COVID and you're like, oh, I'm going to send you the, uh, the caring emoji, right? That, that's sympathy, Okay. It's just, it's just small. Um, empathy is a place where you feel, maybe feel bad for that person, but you've been in that person's shoes and you know a little bit about what they're feeling. Now you might not know everything. So for example, um, let's say the loss of a child. Okay. Um, you know, it's interesting because I, I'm involved in, in some groups on, on Facebook uh, related to losing children. Uh, I don't know that I've told many people this, but in, in my own lifetime, I've actually uh, lost four children uh, and various different stories. I'm not going to go into all that, but um, the loss of a child, I, I know. 
Now, I do not know the loss of a child, uh, hope to never know, uh, of one who is older and grown up or, or mature. I, I had a friend not too long ago, actually just a little over six weeks ago, very sad story. Um, her, her son and her daughter-in-law, um, were actually at the hospital. They were all at the hospital. She was having a baby. Um, you know, it had been going on a little bit long. And, uh, so dad, uh, her son laid down and he was going to, uh, just take a nap. And then, um, you know, a couple hours later, it was time for baby to come. Uh, they were trying to wake dad up and unbeknownst to them, dad had a heart attack and passed away. Um, so, you know, think about that. The, the greatest day in your life and the saddest day in your life all wrapped up into one. Um, so, you know, uh, you can have, you can have empathy for somebody if you've been in that situation. Now I haven't necessarily been in that situation, but I, I know the deep pain and loss that, that she's going through and compassion, I think is actually deeper than empathy. And I don't think you even have to be in the same position with somebody to have compassion on them. You know, I'll give you an example. Uh, you know, don't want to trigger anybody here, but the election, you know, regardless of whatever the outcome is related to how you voted, there's a lot of people that need compassion right now. Okay. Um, they need somebody to step in and to just care and love for them because they're in a moment of pain. Okay. Uh, and you have that opportunity to give it. Okay. Um, you know, one of the mentors that I have, um, has taught me basically this process of breathing in whatever is undesirable. So, um, let's say you have pain or you're feeling shame or, um, you, you have anger, whatever the undesirable thing is, you breathe it in and then you breathe out whatever it is that you want. So let's say you, you have anger. So you're breathing in anger and you're breathing out peace. And it's this process of just getting in touch with that feeling, right? So you remember yesterday's podcast, we talked about processing your pain. That's another good way to do it. Now, this process of, of breathing in undesirable, breathing out the desirable is much preferred, even though sometimes I got to be honest with you, sometimes it feels like I don't want to do this and I might die. Um, it's much more preferred than um, pushing away your pain and holding tight to your pleasure. Okay. Because when we push away our pain, again, like we said yesterday, that's not good for us. Right. But when we hold tight to our pleasures, you can have too much of things. Right. And, and the result of that is more stress. So, you know, when you're working with your, you know, my scientific term, your yuck, uh, when you're working with your yucky stuff and really processing that out, you end up gaining more power in your life. And when you're struggling against all your yuckiness, you end up uh, applying force. So power really transforms, whereas force stresses you out and makes you more tired. Okay. Um, you know, I, I think about it this way. Uh, I saw this funny meme the other day and, uh, 
I can't really describe it other than to say there was an older man, there was a younger boy, and uh, the younger boy was trying to use the chainsaw, but he didn't realize that he had to start the motor. He thought it was like an axe. So he's using the chainsaw without the motor on. That would be force. And of course, the, the older man is like, what the heck is wrong with you, right? And so, you know, in the next one, he shows him how to, how to start the chainsaw and use it like that. So, you know, very little force in 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 that there's just a lot of power from the engine doing the work the same thing applies to us sometimes we are using power to transform our yuck and sometimes we're using force to not do anything with it at all okay so most people what happens you know there's a something happens right they uh somebody says something or they're involved in something there's a thought a feeling a trigger okay and then out of that, there's a judgment that says this is right or wrong. So this person said something, oh, that's right or that's wrong. Okay. And then, you know, they kind of go into, you know, because that's wrong, this is what it should be. Right. Because they don't effectively process their previous yuck, they tend to pull away from the moment. So let me give you an example. Uh, you're having a conversation with a friend. Maybe you're, you know, on Zoom and you're drinking your coffee or your adult beverage. So you're having a conversation and your friend is talking about something that happened at work that day. And when she brings it up, it automatically puts you into this place of, of yuckiness and it has nothing to do with her or her story, but it triggers in you something that happened maybe, you know, 5, 10, 15 years ago in your own um, story. And all of a sudden you've been taken away from the moment and you're thinking about this thing that happened to you before. Okay. So you're no longer attending to your friend in her moment of need because you're triggered out of that. Are you still showing true compassion? Probably not. Okay. So when we refuse to take care of our yucky bits, they will come back, not just for us, they, but they will come back and prevent us from, from helping other people and showing true compassion. Okay. So, you know, ultimately what we would like is that something would happen and trigger you and you would notice it, acknowledge it, process it, you know, accept it, forgive it. We'll talk a little bit more about that. I'll give you six different steps that you can do um, to really process that out. But, you know, the one thing that I will tell you is most people do not do this. This is actually the process of thinking. So when we say change your thinking, change your life, I'm not saying get more, more facts and knowledge into you. I'm not saying use, you know, your logical mind for something. No, no. I'll tell you those six steps of thinking. This is thinking guys. And most people don't do it. Why not? Because it's hard. <laughs> it's very challenging. Most people would like to close down or shut off things like anger and hurt and loneliness, right? Um, they don't want to process it. It's not pretty. It's not fun. And quite frankly, like I said earlier, it, it stinks sometimes. And there have been times when I thought as I was processing something really, really horrible, I think I'm going to die. But the end result is transformation and it's powerful transformation and it literally changes your life. Now, the other reason why I think most people don't 
follow this process is because it takes time. Okay. So, you know, if you've built a life where you're always busy, it's probably because you're trying to avoid thinking. It takes intention. So you have to actually stop, pause, and intend to do it. Commitment, right? It does take some practice. I, I have to say this though, that the more you practice it, the more it gets in you and the easier it becomes. It's kind of like riding a bike. You know, most of us as adults could just jump on a bike and go. We don't have to really think about, you know, the, the mechanics of biking or, um, you know, how fast do you go or balance or anything like that. We just go, right? Because we figured that out a long time ago. So most people don't do this process because it's like learning to ride a bike. And they're like, oh, do I really need to learn a bike at this point? Right? And it also takes repetition, you know, over and over and over again, practicing. Now, I I can tell you this just as as an insider. Uh, I know I've talked a little bit about Site K in the past, but Site K is this process that it really speeds up this thinking process and it helps you to process your stress and your yucky bits, um, not only in a high speed fashion, like under five minutes, but also in a a much more gentler fashion. Now, it doesn't mean that everything's going to be hunky-dory. I've done some Psych K work before where I literally thought I I was dying. Um, However, it only lasts for a very short time. When you come out of it, things have been processed in a whole new way. So if you want to know more about Psych K, and that's P-S-Y-C-H-K, Psych K, reach out to me. I'd be glad to kind of send you some stuff. But you know, most people don't do it because it's challenging. Uh, however, when you really process this yucky stuff, it integrates all parts of yourself, especially those yucky parts. And it's the process of what I consider self-compassion. So, you know, we talked before, I think it was yesterday, we talked about self-care. Self-care is doing something that relaxes you, Self-love is, you know, the process of really pausing and thinking about what is, what's the message here. And self-compassion is doing the difficult thinking through processing of your pain and coming out on the other side of it much better. Okay. And when you do this, you can show true compassion, not just to yourself, but to other people. So you don't have to actually be in their position. You can understand that they're processing pain or trying to avoid processing pain. And now you can show them true compassion. So I cannot tell you how many times I talk to people who are in all kinds of distressing situations. Okay. And I personally know the hell of, of the feelings that they describe and the process of change and that transformation and how difficult and challenging that might be. And the beauty and peace that's on the other side. So as, as a coach, having gone through this process for myself and with, you know, hundreds of clients at this point, I know if you get through this yucky part, greatness is on the other side. Okay. So I know that struggle and I can show you true compassion in the moment so that you can learn self-compassion. So, you know, let's, let's talk about empathy, sympathy, and service again, now that we know what we know. So empathy, you know, you, you have to know the situation that they're in, right? Um, you might not, you know, know, Um, exactly. So again, thinking about that, that losing a a child, I know what it's like to lose a child, maybe not a grown child, right? Sympathy is, you know, showing some slight little 
connection, I guess, but it's really empty. It's, it's, it's an empty thing. And service is, you know, I'm, I'm going to serve you in a way. Um, but especially in really hard times. So grief, it's, it's interesting if you really follow this, that a lot of people will do something in service out of love. You know, they want to help you, but they also want to change you. IE, they want you to stop grieving. Okay. So they think if I just do this, then, then you'll be better and you'll get back to normal and I won't have to be kind of exposed to your grief. Okay. So if I, if I ignored my own pain and, and yuckiness, I couldn't really help others heal and transform. It would be empty gestures like empathy, sympathy, and service, right? However, if I work on myself first, self-compassion, now I can go even deeper and, and so if I'm going to show them empathy, I'm going to, I'm going to come at it from, you know, it might not be the topic that you're working with, but I know the, the feelings that you're dealing with. Um, if I show them sympathy, it's going to be so much more than just an empty kind of idea. And my service is going to come from a place of like, I truly authentically genuinely want to serve you. And I don't want to change you. I just want to be here in your moment. Does that make sense? All right. So as I promised, I'm going to go through the six steps of how do you breathe in something undesirable and breathe out the desirable. Okay. So this process of self-compassion. Okay. So again, first you do the self-care thing. So you make your muscles relax. So and whatever works for you to do that is just fine. And then you want to come to this place of noticing what's happening, kind of acknowledging and accepting. Notice, acknowledge, accept. That's the first step. So noticing what are you feeling? You know, are you feeling fear? Are you feeling shame? Are you feeling anger? You know, what is it? Um, acknowledge what that is, right? So, you know, whatever it is, say, okay, yes, yes, this is fear. Okay. And accept it. Say, okay, all right. You know what? You're welcome. You're welcome here. Sometimes I imagine myself sitting on the couch uh, with, with whatever the fear might be and just saying, you know, what, what do I need to know? You know, and the second part of this is, is really understanding. So you can imagine fear sitting there and, and saying, you know, please tell me, what do I need to know? Because I want to understand why do I keep coming back to this yucky part? Right. And then once you truly understand, the next step is to forgive. Okay. To, to, to forgive yourself, to forgive. Sometimes I've even forgiven fear, you know, sorry, fear, you know, let me forgive you for that. Um, sometimes I have to forgive another person. You know, there are times when something shows up in my awareness and I realize, whoa, my parents really gave me that belief. Um, they were doing the best they could with what they knew and what they had. Um, but they definitely gave that to me. So I'm going to forgive them. Right. Um, and the fourth step is really to process your emotions. So if you want to know how to process your emotions, listen to the episode yesterday. So when we were talking about, you know, um, processing your pain and, and your fear, tons of options for there. Um, uh, and then most people forget this next one. So the, the first four steps are really the, um, using your conscious brain to get in touch with your subconscious brain. And then you've got to come back. So you've got to have, have a connection to your conscious brain again. So the fifth step is, uh, to create a small action step. So let's say, you know, you're, you're processing, um, well, I'll give my example. So let's say you're, you're processing, you're realizing, 
oh my gosh, I'm overeating right now because this is a pattern. I, you know, when I sit in the chair at night and I watch a show, I'm, you know, sitting with a bag of potato chips. Why? What's going on? And realizing, oh my gosh, that was the, the, the belief or the message that I got from my parents. Cause that's what they did. Oh, well, is this what I want to do? Well, no, not really. Okay. I'm going to forgive myself. I'm going to forgive my parents. And then I'm going to say, well, how do I feel about this? Well, I, f- I kind of feel shame about eating the, the chips, but I want to feel empowered. Okay, great. So I'm processing that. Now, what's my small action step? Well, my small action step might be, um, you know, I actually did this yesterday. My small action step would be to take the chips out of the living room and put them into the cupboard. <laughs> okay, now it doesn't seem like a big deal. Now, listen, I'm not, you know, going and, and overhauling my whole pantry. I'm not you know, getting rid of everything in the house. I'm not going and buying all new groceries. Small, small, tiny action step after I've processed the rest. So most people, what they do, they go right to the action step, but they miss steps one through four. When you do steps one through four, and then you get to the small action step, what's happening is that you're telling your conscious brain, okay, we've just completed this process of breathing in what we don't want and breathing out what we do want. So now conscious brain, follow this. See, see me walking to the kitchen and putting the chips away. See, that's the end of this cycle. Okay. So yesterday, I think I used the example of the deer. You know, the first four steps of, of, of processing is that seven minutes of the deer, um, you know, being hit and, and processing the pain. The small action step would be, you know, standing up and shaking it off. Okay. I promise you this, you, you might be listening and going, Michelle, I don't think this is going to work. It works. It works for me every time. And it's worked for every other client I have ever worked with before. This works. Okay. Try it. You got to try it at least, I would say once a day, uh, for the next two or three weeks, just try it once a day for the next two or three weeks, and then come back to me and tell me, um, you know, what, if it doesn't work or not. So number six, um, step six is repeat as needed. (laughs) Okay. You're going to need it all the time. Believe me, the more that you do this, the more you realize how much you're going to need it. But when you go through the process, like I said before, and you repeat it over and over and over again, it becomes very easy. You don't have to look back at your notes anymore. You're like, oh yeah, this, this is where I'm at. Sometimes you can skip a step. Sometimes you completely understand because this is maybe a pattern that happens. You know, let's say tomorrow night I sit down with a bag of chips and I go, ah, wait, I've been here before. I know what this is, you know? So, um, it does get easier to understand and to apply. Um, so as you go through these six steps, what's going to happen, the result is increased peace, decreased stress. You're going to, uh, have what's called self-integration, which means that there's no, there's no longer going to be these hated parts of you. Um, so as humans, we have this thing that happens that there are, uh, parts of us that we kind of don't appreciate as much as others. And I'm not talking about the physical parts, but especially let's say you're a woman, because that's the experience that I know in this world. Uh, you know, as a woman, you might look at yourself and say, Oh, I, I don't like this body part or, Oh, I'm overweight or, Oh, I, I don't, you know, wear clothes like so-and-so, right? There's always a part of us that we're, we're just not as loving with that part as we could be. And as you go through this six step process, you're going to integrate all of those parts into you. So it's more of the self-care, self-love, self-compassion. Okay. 
And, and really, you're just going to remove any monsters that you might have in the closet. So rather than, you know, ignoring them or pushing them away, you're just going to process them. Which, you know, you're going to re- love yourself more and you're going to be able to love others in a deeper way. Okay, you can do this. You can do this. The world needs you to do this. Okay, you will literally change the world by doing this. And guess what? You need you to do this. Nobody else can do this for you. You need you to do this. If you need help getting started on this, please contact me. I would be more than happy to help you. Okay, Um, if you did not take notes, go back to, um, you know, about halfway through and make sure you at least get the six steps and start practicing that every day. Okay. Awesome. So with that, I release you into the wild. Go forth and prosper. Have an amazing day. We'll catch you next time. All right. Bye-bye.